Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Okay, right, look, I just need to get something off my chest really fast. When you do look at Roman Reigns and the way he has treated Jay Uso over the last few months, I really don't think that Jay Uso is appreciating our tribal chief in the way that he needs to be appreciated. Or, you know, he's not acknowledging him in the way he should be acknowledged. And of course, it is that damn Jimmy Uso's fault. So I thought we'd just pay a quick tribute to Roman Reigns right here on SmackDown Ups and Downs to try and throw some love back in his direction. Okay, so this one didn't really go to plan. I look more like some kind of caveman that was frozen in ice and two nice California dudes have thawed me out in the modern world. I mean, the beard is going into my mouth. Let's just up those downs for Smacker Down. Stupid Amazon. Smackdown started with all of our champions standing at the top of the aisleway, except for Roman Reigns. Probably because he'd been backstage going, somebody better get me a chair. And when they didn't, he was like, fine, I'm not going out. Sonya Deville was also in the ring and let us know that, yes, in July, WWE is going back on the road. So we're going to have live events with real fans. And thank Flubbins for that. The Thunderdome has been a very good experiment. But as we have learned over the last 12 months, Wrestling without a proper crowd, well, it's just a bit difficult. This was the reason why all of our champs were lined up like this, though, because apparently they've been carrying the company or some kind of schmoggins. And I actually thought it was a little bit awkward. It was like when you were back in school and somebody gave you the attendance award. Like, well, I'm really happy that I won it, but can we please do this in silence? Apollo Crews interrupted this because he was super duper mad that he had to defend his intercontinental title later in a fatal four-way. And then when he was done ranting, Sonya Deville said, oh, well, look, it's Bianca Belair she's here too. I don't know why we couldn't have swapped those bits around. The Shields music then started to play and I got so worried because I thought WWE had had a change of heart and they had gone back to this theme. I was like, man, that is the worst thing to do because we do know Roman Reigns' new music is absolutely brilliant. But as it turned out, it was Paul Heyman and he was just letting everybody know Roman Reigns ain't coming out now. He is much better than all of you morons, so he'll be out later to have his own ceremony. And this also means within WWE canon, Paul Heyman's entrance theme 
is the shield music, and I think that's brilliant. This all then went nuts because Bailey just transported herself into the ring where she snatched the microphone and was like, uh, by the way, last week Bianca Belair used her hair, so Sonya Deville, why don't you use your powers and strip her of the title? I mean, that was stretching it a bit, but Bianca wasn't just gonna stand there and take this, so then she got into the ring, but before she could do anything, she was jumped by Nia Jax and Shayna Baszler. And I audibly went, what? Why? It was, of course, just a setup so Natalia and Tamina could get in there to make the save, which does mean our brand new tag team champions are now babyfaces. And I'm just going to stand here and wait and remind myself of the story when they did turn. Oh, that's right. It never happened. This was quite the bizarre way to start our Friday Night Wrestling, but I was never bored and I was somewhat entertained, so I'm going to give it up. Because it is WWE 2 and they had an equal amount of wrestlers in the ring, some of which were good and some of which were bad, they just went, hey, oh, let's have a big old tag team match, but I tell you, this was fun too. Ah. Now, I did want to rip my skull off because as we began, Michael Cole told us, oh, well, Nia Jackson and Shayna Baszler are on SmackDown thanks to the quarterly brand-to-brand invitational, and that is not how gimmicks work. You can't just bury it under the carpet or bury it under a bed and pretend it's not a thing until all of a sudden you do want it to be a thing. This is not a 15-year-old porn collection. Still, outside of this, it was very easy to watch. Natalia was getting beaten up until she did get the hot tag to Bianca Belair, and while she ran wild for a little bit, when she fell out of the ring, she injured her knee. And I was like, Bianca Belair, what are you doing? Bailey then attacked that thing like she thought there was money behind Bianca Belair's kneecap but then she was able to make the hot tag to Tamina and once again I do have to question if you have two hot tags in a match shouldn't the second one be like a lukewarm tag I think it matters. The mean one hit a few moves before tagging back in Natty. Thankfully, by that point, she had recovered before they hit a few super kicks and then Natalia locked in the sharpshooter. But Shayna Baszler was watching this and she went, nope, I don't like it. So she broke it up. Bailey then grabbed Bianca halfway through her doing a springboard and just chucked her onto the floor. And this upset and bothered Natalia so much, she just went, well, I'm going to look what's happening outside. What an absolute fool. Because when she turned around, Shayna Baszler applied the Kira Fuda clutch and Natty had no choice but to tap out. Honestly though, the amount of times Natty does this, she's always distracted by something, but she is a professional wrestler, so I suppose it's not her fault. Now it does feel like we're about to go back into this feud, and the one thing that the women's tag team division needs right now is new blood, but if we are just focusing it on this evening, this was a very sports entertaining match. Also, yes, this one is kind of on the precipice because it was a six women tag, so I guess you always have the risk of being distracted. But WWE does distractions too much, it probably does have to count. So bring it down, rolls up to 61. It was backstage segment time next, as we had Big E cutting a promo saying that he's going to become the brand new Intercontinental Champion when he does have that fatal four-way match. And then we had another Alistair Black promo. <laughs> this guy, he's losing his mind. Because I think this week it was about tattoos and that we're all dying animals and we're sick. And at the time, I thought to myself, well, I could probably take one more of these next week and then he better re-debut. But WWE had a much better plan. Look at my stupid face. We were then carrying on from our crown versus crown storyline we did last week as it was Shinsuke Nakamura versus Baron Corbin round two. But just a couple of points. One, these two dudes have really good chemistry. And also, two, WWE has made this really fun. I mean, did you see Shinsuke Nakamura on social media all week? He was being such a goof. So plug me in. I am ready. Here's getting it up. And the main reason for this is because Shinsuke Nakamura has a new friend in the form of Rick Boogs. And if you can believe it, he came out with his electric guitar and he started to play Shinsuke's Nakamura entrance theme. 
and this may have been the greatest moment of my life, and I was just sat watching wrestling. I mean, it was truly ridiculous, but in the best possible way, and while nobody ever told me why they are friends now, it's nice to have new buddies, so I'm standing by it. Baron also cut a promo before this, absolutely livid about what Shinsuke had been doing on social media all week, and all he wants is his crown back, and if he has to whip his ass to get it, that's what he's gonna do. Michael Cole was telling us the whole time that we're not allowed to call Baron a king anymore because he's not in possession of his crown anymore. So somebody needs to sit him down and let him know how the world works. And the only thing that kind of irked me here is that WWE couldn't help themselves. And this is quintessential 50-50 booking. Therefore, because last week Baron Corbin had to win with the most devastating move in all of sports entertainment, this week Shinsuke Nakamura also had to win with the most devastating move in all of sports entertainment. But he brought something extra because he had the power of distraction. And the only reason I'm not getting more upset about this is because this is the most creative distraction we've had in ages, although I guess it's kind of like Xavier Woods's. But Rick Boogs started playing Shinsuke Nakamura's entrance theme again on the guitar, and Corbin was just like, what are you doing? This is not the time or place, which is when he got hit by the surprise roll-up. One, two, three. You also have to remember that Rick looked like he was having the time of his life. I mean, his smile was so bright, it hit me in the tum-tum and gave me all the feels. But we still do have to bring it down 62. Although I will say, if we're going to start doing distractions like this, I don't think I'm going to care anymore. I then think that Jimmy Uso got way ahead of himself. Because he approached Sonya Deville and he said that he wanted he and cousin Jay Uso to have a match next week against the Street Profits. And while Sonya was a bit like, really, I've been watching what you two have been doing recently, she did sign it off. And all I could think to myself was, man, Jimmy, when Jay finds out about this, well, it's all going to go very bad. Before we found out what was going to happen there, though, we had another promo with Kevin Owens, who also said, I'm going to become the Intercontinental Champion later. And of course, this was to get you excited about the main event. And it worked. So well done. It was at this point that Roman Reigns decided, you know what? I will go to the ring because I presume that he'd had a nice sit down. And I also presume that somebody had acknowledged him. Well, he came. We saw clips of him beating Cesaro at WrestleMania Backlash before he admitted, I am a humble man. I am not an arrogant man. So instead, when it comes to singing my plaudits, I'm going to pass the microphone to Paul Heyman and he's going to do it for me. Heyman lit up like a Christmas tree because he couldn't believe he had this opportunity. And he did just go through every single person that Reigns has beaten and said the reason that they are dead now is because of Roman. He then also let us know the fact he got to run off this list was a career highlight for him. These two were just wonderful. Paul also said that he would do anything for his tribal chief. Oh, Roman Reigns, we love you. And all Roman wanted was for Jimmy Uso to get his ass out here right now. So Paul Heyman then said, somebody get James Uso out here. And I was having such a good time. But I also thought about ringing the cops because I assumed I was about to see a murder. It didn't work out too well, though, because Cesaro was here instead and his arm was in a sling. And it was very bruised at the pay-per-view. So now I'm a bit worried that he is officially injured. If that is the case, I hope he gets better soon. Sweet Superman told us that he was looking for Seth Rollins in the back. But when he heard Roman Reigns' stupid voice, he thought he'd come out here and confront him and offer him another challenge for that universal title, but this time it should go down in a hell in a cell. Reigns laughed that off like Cesaro was telling dad jokes, but I didn't. You can't just walk to the ring and say to somebody, I want a hell in a cell in like a deep, scary voice, especially if you're Cesaro. Now, I love Cesaro. I think he's tremendous, but at WrestleMania Backlash, 
He just lost clean and simple. There is no justification for that. Any chances he may have had for this though were then ruined because Seth Rollins was out here looking like an overgrown garden and flood me, did he beat the shib out of Cesaro. Now I thought it was gonna be Jimmy Uso in for this treatment, but it was Cesaro instead. And not only did he get chucked around the place, but even after he'd been shooed away by the referees, he came back and he gave Cesaro a curb stomp on the rampway. So surely Cesaro is injured and this is a way to write him off. But either way, my word, what an absolute drubbing. We also saw Cesaro heading to a local medical facility wagon to be taken to a local medical facility when Seth Rollins, crazy bonkers Seth Rollins, was all like, you made me do this, I can't stand it, oh, I can't handle my life. And this character is absolutely great. It may even be my favorite iteration of Seth. All of this though was fantastic. We got storylines going on everywhere and it's getting it up. Dominic Mysterio also then beat Robert Roode. I sat there and I thought about it and I said, good, up. It didn't go overly long, which may have served both sides. And it was set up by the fact that Robert Roode came out and said, look, at the pay-per-view, Rey Mysterio did all the work. Dommy Boy did nothing. He doesn't deserve to be in WWE and I'm going to prove it. I mean, he didn't, but he was telling the truth. But this was kind of hilarious because it was filled with distractions, or at least attempted distractions, because Dolph Ziggler was getting involved, so Rey Mysterio thought all of a sudden, well, I better get involved. But you can't blame these people in the world of kayfabe. If you watch the show, you'd see how rubbish the referees were. So you'd be like, well, I'm going to try and get away with it too. It didn't really tie into the finish, though, because although Ziggles did cause one, and Robert Roode went for the most devastating move in all of sports entertainment, Dominic, he kicked out, and then as Rey and Dolph were getting into it, he hit the 619, he hit the big splash and he just pinned Rude for a three. This made me so happy. I don't know what it is about Dominic Mysterio. I just want to see him do really well. So it was nice and simple stuff. Although then we got back into crazy territory because we had a swift reminder that Jay Uso is a broken, manipulated man. Because Jimmy Uso was all pleased that they did have this tag team match next week, but Jay wasn't at all because he couldn't believe his brother hadn't consulted him first. So before he could do anything, he has to go and run it by Roman Reigns. I mean, talk about being under the thumb. I feel so sorry for this guy. He is just a lost shell of sadness. I don't even know what that means. Although if you abbreviate it, it does become SOS and Jey Uso does need help. So I'm sticking with it. Who knows how the tribal chief reacted to this too, because Jay did go and find Roman. And after Roman went a little bit crazy, he whispered something into Jay Uso's ear. And it was probably something like, I need a better chair for dinner. We ain't going to find out. More interviews after this as well. The street pops were all like, oh, we're going to beat the Usos next week and we're going to show them. And Sami Zayn called Kayla Braxton a shill or something and said the conspiracy rages on. But by the end of the evening, it won't matter because he will be the Intercontinental Champion. And given that all four of the guys told us this, three of them were lying. As it turned out, that was Biggie, Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens because Apollo Crews retained his title. But this was one hell of a main event with a cool twist ending up. They also got a ton of time and it made the Intercontinental Championship feel like a big deal, which let's face it, in the past it has not done. And of course, as ever, as soon as Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn locked eyes on each other, they started to have a fight because they will fight forever. Biggie was also beating up Apollo because those two hate each other. And I think the early highlight is when Biggie got Apollo Crews and Sami Zayn and he gave them both a splash on the apron. And when I did my research, that's the hardest part of the ring. KO then noticed that Biggie was in a precarious position though, so he just flipped dive into him. But then Apollo Crews was back and he grabbed Kevin Owens and chucked him into the steel steps. And then he was basically doing a moonsault off the apron onto Biggie who was on the floor. 
This was pretty damn nuts. There was also near falls all over the place as every single guy hit their big move, and Sami Zayn was also able to reverse a stunner into the most devastating move in all of Spike's entertainment, or at least a surprise pin. Can you imagine if that's how it had ended? Big E then hit that crazy spear through the ropes onto the floor on Apollo Crews, but Apollo was not mucking around, because about three seconds later, he was back in the ring just suplexing everyone. Big E also had the whole thing one after the big ending on Zayn, but then Kevin Owens broke it up with a super kick, and then he hit a pop power bomb onto Apollo Crews, but Apollo kicked out at two, and Sheesh was this absolutely nuts, and as always, the definition of wrestling tennis. Big E then swooped in again and hit another big ending on Apollo Crews, but just as the referee was about to hit three, General Aziz grabbed his foot and he pulled him out, and I was like, damn that General Aziz, he never deserved those medals. And at first I did go, man, because I thought this was going to end like all SmackDown and WWE matches ended, but then, like I say, Something happened that I never thought would happen, and it was so well shot too, this was really well produced, it was great. Because just as Big E was planning some kind of revenge, all of a sudden the lights started flickering, and all this smoke started to come out of the entranceway. And if you were like me, you're like, oh, I guess The Fiend is coming back to SmackDown, even though he's meant to be a Raw guy, but the quarter-to-quarter brand-to-brand invitational. But it wasn't, and instead, Alistair Black is done reading his book, he has made his grand comeback. I said flub yeah out loud because I am a massive wrestling nerd and Big E looked at him like he was a ghost. But as Apollo Crews grabbed Big E's leg, Alistair Black gave him the most crazy black mass right to the face. Down he went, Apollo Crews pinned him and he is still your IC champion. This was tremendous though and Alistair Black looked very pleased with himself. And I suppose he is going to go in a few with Big E, which absolutely rocks. But also, has he teamed up with Apollo Crews? That one, I am not sure of. The only real criticism would be that there was no music when Alistair Black was coming out. And I always think a big entrance like this needed. But who even cares? This was a great, great episode of SmackDown. And it made me excited for next week. And as always, when you do that, you are getting it up. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello? Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.